All right, welcome back to Building a Fighter. My name is Dr. Austin Shane, sports chiropractor in Scottsdale, Arizona. With me, as always, badass strength coach in Denver, Colorado, Alex Friedman. What up, dude? How are you, man? I'm doing great. I think this is the officially the first podcast we've done before the sun's come up. Mm, for you, sun's for up me. over here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it is very dark outside still. Um, but we're getting this done Saturday, 6 a.m. because we got to get you guys content and we're excited about this one. So today what we're going to be talking about is gaining confidence from your training. So a lot of the times we talk all, we, we talk basically every podcast about athletes having to be confident. You have to be confident in order to walk into that cage, stand across from somebody that probably wants to hurt you and then be able to get through that fight in an effective manner and and I guess be in this the mind space that you can do that action. So Alex, what's some of the major things that we can get confidence from in our training paradigm? Well, first thing I think confidence stems from preparation in general. Like if I'm thinking about like, am I able to do accomplish this task? Am I able to do what I'm setting out to do? First question is like, am I prepared? Um, in my mind, yeah. I know there's other sources from a lot of other people or uh, for other people. But for me, have I done the prerequisite work? Do I know what I'm doing and, and am I adequately prepared? Which adequately prepared is different for a lot of people, right? Like some some people think I need, you know, six hard weeks and I'm adequately prepared. Other people like I need to be grinding every day, all day to be prepared or I need to at least feel like that to yep. be adequately prepared. Um, but it's matching your expectations with your behaviors in preparation and then that can lead to a confidence in your outcome. And that's something that I, I follow through with because a lot of the times in mixed martial arts, you're going to go to the fight regardless, whether you're confident, whether you're not, whether you're prepared or not. Right. And it's really easy to identify guys that are rightfully confident and put in the work and just, you know, let the work talk for themselves. Yeah. And then it's easy to identify guys that are falsely confident that yeah, haven't. You can see it in their eyes when they're walking to the cage. Like I, I've done this with Lisa before, where we're sitting and yeah. watching the UFC fights, and I can, you can just tell by the look in their eyes that they are not prepared for what they're about to do. And it doesn't, like that, doesn't always hold true. But for the right. most part, when I, when I see somebody walk to the cage or when they're like giving their coaches hugs and stuff like that, you can tell if, oh, I'm about to go in there and I'm a fucking bang, yeah. or, or, oh, I don't know how this is gonna go. Dude, the most scary one is the guy that walks out just cool and calm. And that calm. yeah, yes. and it's not it's not like a, I don't give a shit or I'm apathetic or like I'm gonna send it type of laid back. It's like I've been here before. Yeah, I know how to kill a man. I'm gonna do it. You yeah, know? I've I've done this for a long time. The same gun face, like cowboy walking out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah so, hey, like you know, you know, you're in for a banger no matter what if you're if you're going with cowboy. Yeah. Actually, I would say the the craziest fucking walkout is Hamzat. Just fucking sprinting to the cage. He looks like a sociopath. Yes, that and that is part of his <laughs> his uh, his whole demeanor, right? Like yeah. he plays a part of the psychopath. Well, I think that's which, why I like it so much. It's so on brand. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and and that's another thing that um, it can help you identify confidence is like like um, what's the word like synchronicity in behaviors. Yeah. Right. Somebody that's not confident is going to try to have a bunch of different new shit is going to be kind of sporadic. Be like, cause they're searching for that. They're searching for something that's going to give them a higher form of confidence or something that they can identify with because it's not there inherently. Right. Well, they're looking for authenticity. 
like point yeah. blank, they're they're trying to find themselves and where do they fit into this entire sphere of MMA mm-hmm. or or their performance. Yeah, but it's cool when you see an athlete that finds it though. Right, is you could see a couple fights. I've had a few fighters that I've seen like everybody talks about. Oh, they they turn the page. They turn the page. I really think that's what typically happens when you turn the page is that yeah. you become confident in who you are as a fighter and as a human, and then you know how to apply it better. That, and that's one of the biggest points that I, that I made my graduate thesis on is like the happier, more self-identifying athlete is the better athlete. Yep. Right. Because I know there's a lot of talk and we even say it on here, like high performance isn't necessarily healthy, blah, blah, blah. but a clear and rock solid mental state will do nothing but benefit your performance. Right. So once you go through that journey, which that journey is a long and arduous one, and I don't think it ever ends where you're trying to find yourself or or become aware of who you are and be confident in who you are, which is a continual experience and more so in fighting because you're so exposed via your work, right? When you're in the cage, it, it really does show off the amount of preparation they put on, put in, it shows off who you are, how you handle adversity. It shows off the the split second decision-making that goes through your head. Like there's no hiding from that in mixed martial arts, which is why mixed martial arts is such a glorious sport and we love it. Um, but the faster and the more efficient we can get onto that journey of who am I? How do I re- react to training? And can I build confidence in that? Then I think the more we're on the track of being a confident fighter, which is going to lead us to more success. Well, and, and how do we do that? Cause that's the hardest part, right? Right. Is it's, it's not that we know that we want to be authentic, but how do we get there? How do we get to the confidence level? And I, th- well, I think I'm going to answer my own question. Yeah, that's sure. Typically no, no. what I do. <laughs> awesome. Um, I was doing that shit. <laughs> God damn it. Rhetorical. I'm answering. Um, I think the number one thing that you can do is be prepared. Preparation is one of the biggest, at least for me, when I was an athlete and mm-hmm. what I, from what I see as a coach is preparation is key. You, if you're the one that's putting in the work, if you're the one that's doing everything right, if you're the one that's going to sleep at the same bedtime and getting, getting your recovery in and, and doing all of the right steps to move yourself towards your goal, typically you're going to be more confident with what you're doing. Like I know for me, if, if I have to go do a speech or if I have to go speak in front of people, if I write the speech down a few times first, I practice it a couple times, and then I go out and speak versus just showing up and fucking trying to be a show pony, I am going to be much better on the first one than the second one. The same thing, the exact same concept applies to fighters and to every athlete that I've ever worked with is the more prepared athlete is almost 100% of the time going to be more truthfully or or actually confident, not just that false confidence. Yeah. And I agree with that. And I mean, I think you just copied my homework there, but we'll let it be. Um, What's your homework? What I just said. (laughs) But what I think the more interesting question, Austin, that that I wanted you to ask was, um, how do we realize who we are how do we quote unquote like find ourselves how do we build confidence in that um which again is something that many fighters go on this journey right is like who am i who am i as a fighter how do i identify and and like and i think that's like one of the biggest questions of life right is like how do i find myself in this and how do you go about that because a lot of people are lost in their identity and when you're lost in your identity a lot of your external life is going to, for lack of a better term, fall apart or be in more shambles or be disorganized. Mm -hmm. When I find a solid identify, like I know I'm a morning guy, 
I know I'm the guy that's going to show up first to the gym. I know I'm a guy that's going to put in the hours that are necessary, but I also know that I'm not a guy that can stay at the gym and close the gym. You know, I know I'm not a guy that can go out and party and network, you know, which, which I don't mean that there's a negative consequence there, but I mean that that's not my specific skill set. That's not really where I identify. That's not what I like to do. Um, so how do you go about that process of figuring out what's my niche, what's my grind and how can I be the best at it? Right. Which I think takes a lot of reflection. I think it takes a lot of honesty with yourself. Um, and there's so many different avenues you can seek that, whether it's meditation, whether it's religious practice, whether it's finding your spirituality through training, which is another significant aspect of mixed martial arts that's not necessarily, I wouldn't say not necessarily, but isn't as forefront in other sports. Yeah, well, it's the other thing is hobbies. Sure. <laughs> like the happier you are, typically the more on brand you're going to be, right? Because that's who you want mm -hmm. to be. You want to be happy typically. Like I've had this realization recently that I need hot. Like I came home and my wife told me, you're not as fun of a person if you're not wrestling. So guess what? I started jujitsu because if she can pick up on that, that I'm a shitty person when I'm not doing a combat sport, <laughs> then you need hobbies. And yeah. the more and more I like that, that not forced me to, but like started, that started to make me think about what do hobbies do for you? Well, they're, they're only going to be good things, right? Yes. They're going to take your concentration away from, I guess, the goal for a little bit. But for the most part, it's going to give you that break to where you're not thinking about that one specific goal over and over and over again. And then you start to renew your happiness with what you're doing. It's happened to me with work where like I just kept grinding for the last three fucking years, working a lot of hours and not a lot of breaks. And then now that I started to add it in jujitsu, I started to add in a little bit more weightlifting. I'm adding in breaks. That's allowing me to be happier. That's allowing me to be more on brand with myself. And I, I can put more effort into what I'm doing. And honestly, I'm more confident with how I treat and train athletes. Like I just had a talk with one of my athletes. I think I finally turned a corner where like I'm starting to see my programming. It's it's almost like uh, the matrix. You're seeing behind the matrix now. Mm -hmm. Where up, in, up until a certain point, I'm like, I was almost going through the motions. And now I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. I've, I've hit my stride. I know I hit my stride. Yeah. And um and a lot of the times, a lot of that just comes from giving yourself those small micro breaks with the different hobbies you can go around. Go hiking, shoot a fucking bow, go do a different combat sport, go to the batting cages. Like all these yeah. different things aren't going to hurt you. They're only going to help you as long as they don't take over your life and they're just a small portion. Yeah. And it was really cool to see, like you said, in your athletes when they, they make that decision, they flip that switch. Um, I had an athlete recently lost a, a mixed martial arts competition and then... Um, you know, a, a weaker person might've been defeated from that, you know, and that happens every event, but mm -hmm. you know, this guy came back and spurred a new hobby from it and found a love for jujitsu. And then he was doing nothing but rolling jujitsu, not only uh, to get better mixed martial arts, better sport, but because he genuinely found it as a hobby, yep. right? So it's like when you see athletes that can adapt to that and find those things that to help them express who they are, um, they can take off and now this guy's a savage he's been a killer the last two fights that he's been in and uh i can't wait to see what comes from him but Heck yeah. and then and then there's another athlete that i've seen that is and i i didn't see the development of this i came into his career kind of on the later end but he is supremely confident in who he is 
and he has a lot of success mostly because of that. Like his yeah. skill set is there for sure. His skill set is sharp, but I know for a fact if he's not in camp, he's going to be golfing, hunting, doing anything and everything <laughs> that he loves to do. Yeah. When he's in camp, he's going to be the guy that shows up five minutes early. He's going to be on time to everything. He's going to be truly there and dedicated, which is a process that he's took years and years and years probably to um, formulate. Mm-hmm. But the supreme confidence in who he is and his preparation and his methodology or his uh, planning in camp will allow for so much more success because not only does that help him stay consistent because it's a it's a, a two way relationship, right? Your confidence is built from putting in the work and you put in the work um, and your work is there because you know you need to be confident, right? Mm-hmm. So you yep. get both at the same time. Um, but I forget where I was going, but his confidence is going to take him and elevate him to the next level. It's always a positive, um, confrontation. There's always a positive interaction when he's doing his work, when I'm there with him, when everything's happening, because we know we're on the plan, right? We know we're in the middle of the recipe that works. So so flipping the script a little bit, do you think it's a bad thing to fake it till you make it at the beginning of your career? I have a I have a very um, I don't know interesting relationship with the fake it till you make it crowd. I think it's interesting to foster and present confidently, even if it's not authentic. So that's yeah. your fake it till you make it a little bit at the beginning of your career because even if I don't know the answer or I don't know necessarily what to do or I don't know where to go train or how hard to work or etc. It's important that you're still confident in an, in yourself, I guess that's, that's the gripe I have. So as I mentally workshop it live here on the podcast, um, I don't want you to fake it till you make it in a personal confidence sense. You can do it in your technical, you can do it in your, your actual station at work, right? Let's say you're like an intern strength and conditioning coach, right? Some athlete asked me like, what's better high bar, low bar squat, you know, as an intern, I might not know the, the answer to that question. Right. Or I might not be comfortable saying it depends. I might not be comfortable saying for our training program, we utilize the high bar back squat because of this and blah, blah, blah. Right. I might not know those answers to say. Right. But as an intern, I still want you to say, I still want you to be confident enough in yourself to say, hey, man, I don't know that question right now. I'm going to do my damnedest to research it. And I believe in myself. So I'm going to know what to say next time. Or I'll talk to you tomorrow at the training session. and I'll tell you the answer to that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll go find, I'll go find out for you right now. Right. Exactly. So, so fake it till you make it to me is not necessarily bullshit all your answers and beat your chest. Um, I don't think that's a good recipe to make it, but fake it till you make it as far as being confident in yourself, regardless of the technical discipline, specific knowledge is a good way to look at it. No, dude, I got to agree. Um, it's as, Somebody that's been like like yourself, younger in the profession and having to talk with people that have done it, even though I have the knowledge, you don't have the experience, it almost feels as though you have to, it's almost like you have to put on a bravado to make them take you seriously. Yeah. Because otherwise they just look at you like the young kid. And that happens a lot to fighters. Like that fucking 17 year old kid that was just in the contender series. Yeah, right. There's no chance he could have gotten there. If he didn't fake an image before he before he did that, right? He was right. he was posturing up the whole time. He was acting like he was the shit. He was doing all of these, I guess, almost almost like peacocking, if you will, 
to show Dana White that he's the ba- that he's a badass versus the same exact skill set with a 28 year old. He could have been the most quiet person there, and he still would have got into the UFC. I don't think Dana signs him unless he sees all of those different marketing tactics or the fake it till you make. It. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's that's the difference to me. Well, yeah, and I think that's an interesting interlay or interplay between the the promotional side and the selling yourself side of MMA and the actual physical performance side of MMA right. because the superstars well, and the the super successful people have both. Yeah. Well, what what was cool was exactly what you said. He faked it till he made. Or he, I guess he could fake it till he made it. With the promotional aspect, with the I, I don't think yeah. that's who that kid is. It, it doesn't seem authentic. It doesn't seem right. like he's this outgoing, like this this Conor McGregor type character, Patty Pimblett. But he's but, but still what, confident exact, in his skill exactly, set. Exactly, exactly. It doesn't fucking matter what he did. As soon as he walked into that cage, that seventeen year old is about to Sulov stretch somebody. The fuck yeah. is that? <laughs> like, like that dude. He is an extremely skilled athlete. So the one thing he didn't have to fake was his skill set because he was yeah. prepared for what he was about to go into. So you can you can put on that show all the time. Like we've seen it with Colby. We've seen it with, with uh, Henry. We've seen it with all these top-level athletes. Mm-hmm. But guess the fuck what? When they step in that cage, they are prepared as fuck, and they are confident that they're going to go in there and get that win. Yeah, and I mean I think a lot of people catch flack because of that. That promotional side and that um, confidence, quote unquote, is not really warranted or it's awkward or cringy or whatever. But, you know, in a real sense, that's how it has to be. You have to have the skill set and the ability to win in mixed martial arts before you're a great marketer. Yep. Right. Because if you can't, you can't not have the performance, but then have all the great promotional things. You know, that's that's the Conor McGregor of the last three years, which nobody likes. Yeah, right. you can't market yourself if you're losing. Right, exactly. So um, I think that's a, an appropriate outlook kind of on the promotional side of MMA. One thing I wanted to ask you, Austin, is do you think that the fake it till you make it mindset or the, the, the imposter syndrome type of feeling that we mm-hmm. feel inside of ourselves, do you think that ever goes away? No, um, no, I don't. And it's I just say that because listening to enough podcasts, listening to enough like people way more successful than we are. And they, they talk about, they still have it because you only, the better you get at what you do, I guess the more elite of company that you get to be associated with. I don't know if that's the right way to say that, but like the better you get, the higher, the more higher level people you're around. So you're always going to feel that sense of imposter syndrome. I fuck. I feel it all the time. Like I I literally walked it. I walked in, out of school and got to work with one of the best gyms in, in the world. Yeah. I, I walked into a gym that had a two, two belt UFC champ and have gotten to work with the entire team. It's awesome. It's a cool scenario. But I'm, sometimes I think I'm like, fuck, I'm only 27. Like, do I have all yeah. the answers? It's like, yeah, am I fucking this up right now? <laughs> right. And, and it's a hundred percent an honest conversation in my head. And even though I am very confident in my skill set, I still have that thought from time to time. Am I the right person for this? Am, right. am I am I the one that can can take this fighter to the promised land? Can get them to their goals? Yeah. And at the end of the day, I don't think any. I I truly don't think anybody has the right answers for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that as long as you keep trying to progress and you keep trying to get better, hopefully the the imposter syndrome starts to dampen down a little bit. Yeah. But I don't think it ever goes away. And I think that want to progress and that, that need to serve your athletes the best 
I think that's the the key quality ingredient that's going to make you or anybody like that more successful, right? Yeah. The the constant interrogation, the constant investigation of your own skill set, of your own uh, performance, is one portrayal of confidence in of itself, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I know I'm doing a good job, but I'm confident enough to tear my own methodologies apart in order to build better. Oh, dude, I was shitting on some some programs that I made from the first year of 100%. training. I, I went back and looked at some just because I wanted to maybe pick some ideas up here and there. Maybe I was doing something prior and not now that I forgot about. Dude, it's not that they were terror. It's not that they were bad, but I like look back at that and I'm like, oh, that could be so much fucking better. Like there's so many things. More, I can, yeah. Exactly. They're way more efficient. Yep. That, and that's the thing. It's efficiency. It's not that the ideas were bad. It's the efficiency of the of the lift that's going to yeah. make make things better. Well, and, and speaking to your point earlier too, I think in people that are ambitious, which is you have to be ambitious if you're an entrepreneur starting your own company or if you're an MMA fighter, which is another, in another form entrepreneurship, right? Um, your standards will continually rise. If you're, if you're playing this game right, your standards will continue to rise in the amount of business you're doing, in the, the brand that you're creating, in the fights that you're taking and, and everything like that. So looking back on your program and being somewhat disgusted is a good thing. Looking back yeah, at yeah. your first amateur fight, you should be disgusted because you've gotten this much better, right? And your standards are way higher. And I think that's another reason that the imposter syndrome, that the, the fake it till you make it idea will never cease to exist in your head. Because even though we are progressing and like, look at me now versus where I was in 2016, blah, blah, blah. Um, my goals have risen at the same, if not more, uh, rate. Right. So in 2016, my goal was, you know, be a collegiate strength and conditioning coach in, um, 2022. My goal is to be the best fucking MMA strength and coach that there ever was. Right. Mm-hmm. So your dreams accelerate, your standards accelerate the company that you keep accelerates. So it only makes sense that you don't feel confident in where you are all the time, mm-hmm. which is, is a hard thing to sit with. But I think is the the pinnacle of like the confident individual is like I'm sitting somewhere I'm not confident being, but I'm confident in my ability to get where I want to go. Well, I think a little healthy self hate is is always going to make you better though too, which is essentially what a po- imposter syndrome is, right? It's sure. it's your questioning your your abilities, and I think that healthy skepticism is is a good thing yeah. because that keeps you like. And everybody, I, I always get meta when everybody asks like, Hey, sure, what's, sure, sure. what's your, uh, what's your number one fear? Everybody's like, Oh, f- heights. Oh, spiders. And I have the same answer because it's true. I'm, I'm afraid of stagnation. I, yeah. I am. I'm, I'm point blank afraid of staying the same forever. If I'm not progressing, it hurts me on the inside yeah. and I hate it. And that fear of stagnation, I think just comes from just, just hate myself just a little bit <laughs> to make sure that I keep getting better all the time. And that, and that's okay. But so many people, if, if we're going to go down some rabbit holes, so many people are, are so positive, so optimistic. Yeah. Um, and it always has to be positive everything. When in reality, that, that imposter syndrome, I think is a good thing because it, it propels you forward. It forces yeah. you to learn. It forces you to want to get better so that you feel like you're, you're a part of the crew that you're with. And then as yeah. soon as you feel like you're a part of the crew that you're with, guess what? It's on to the next level. You got to learn more. You got to be better. If you want to go from fucking business class to all the way up to first class, guess what? You got to be fucking better. You got to be able to get to that level. Yeah. Yeah. And, and speaking to the point, it's an interesting dynamic. I was, I was thinking as you were talking about that as my, my own performance career. And 
I saw the most progress and the most results when I was really never happy with myself, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I see that in a lot of my greatest. That sounds athletes. so fucked to say a hundred percent. So, <laughs> so that's where I was leading with this is like, what's the healthy balance there and how can we coach people into the best outcome of that? Because, you know, I was never happy with myself. Like even, you know, I go out and win a wrestling match 13 to two. You know, it's like I dominated this kid, blah, blah, blah. Why didn't you get the tech? Why didn't you get the pin? That's more team points. You can do better. That's unacceptable. Go train more, right? Like like that mindset is very beneficial in a performance environment. It's very beneficial in a progress-oriented training paradigm. Yep. But not so good for mental health and uh, no, no, and, and um, living your life. So I think it's important to know when to like turn that switch on, turn that switch off. But I see it a lot in a lot of my athletes now. Like they're unsatisfied with their win. Like, and I think that's I think that's ultimately a good thing. But I don't think we can dwell on it, man. For sure. Well, so I have a funny story for you, and this kind of sounds terrible. You, I think you probably know the story I'm going to say. Um, <clears throat> so. I want to preface this with, I loved my childhood and I loved wrestling for Gomez Wrestling Academy. (laughs) Hector's like a second dad to me. And because of our relationship, that's why it made such an impact on me. Cool. Now preface it. Um, So I, when I was, I think, fuck, like 13-ish is what it would be. Um, I I wrestled at a relatively competitive wrestling academy growing up. um, And we did state duels, all the fun shit. We were at state duels. It was the year that we won the state duels and everything. And we were in the semis against, uh, I don't remember what team, I think Harlem was what it was. But I was wrestling the kid that that prior year at Kids State took, I think, second Mm -hmm. or third. And I didn't even place. I went out there and I fucked him up. Straight up like 13 to 1. Mm -hmm. I get off the mat. I'm all happy. Hector... Push, pushed me against the wall in a loving manner, we'll say, um, <laughs> and stares me in my face and says, that's fucking pathetic. Why didn't you get the tech? And threw my headgear at me and then walked back. And it was at that moment, right? There, and that's the PC version. Um, it was at that moment right there that it sounds bad when I say the story, but I realized that it's not okay to just win. It's not okay to just get through things. It's not okay to take your foot off the gas. And you didn't see that really in my wrestling career a whole bunch, just because that I wasn't a dynamic athlete really, but you can see it in how I operate my businesses. Now you can see it in how I carry myself now that it was, it's almost like when he did that, a, a switch just flipped that I'm like, it's not okay to just win. You have to win convincingly. You have to go out there and you need to dominate And in that confidence right there. That that's, that's literally just a fear of stagnation. You don't want to be the same. You don't want to just coast. You don't want to get through life. You want to fuck life up. You want to be the guy they write history books about. Right. Yeah. And that's and and that drive right there, I think, is less of trying to get to certain goals, at least for me, and more of I I don't want to hate myself by staying the same all the time yeah. because if I stay the same, I know I'm not growing and I'm not getting better. Yeah, it, and it's exactly what you portrayed there. Um, that- I realize that that sounds super fucked up when I say that story on <laughs> air, but like what when you consider if if you know my childhood, like. Hector was like a second dad to me. I spent yeah. just as much time with him as I did with anybody else. And it's, mm-hmm. it was one of those things that while it was like pushing against a kid against the wall, Hey, it's probably not the best thing, but it made the right impact. It made a, it changed my life. And when you say it like that, it's, it's a, in a good way, it changed yeah. my life to make me a better person. Well, yeah. And youth wrestling is kind of a cutthroat 
endeavor and we all know that and yeah for for many reasons it could change but for many reasons it produces that mindset that you have right now so it's it's an interesting thing and, and i think that's unique to wrestling too is like winning's not enough domination is expected but the point i was gonna say was that the idea to dominate the idea to completely like eviscerate your opponent that's a necessity at the highest level that's a necessity to just barely win Right. Yep, yep. Like if I go in the cage with the idea, it's like, ah, I'm going to win this. I'm, I might get a split decision, but it's going to be a close fight and I want to win. You're going to get torn to shreds. Yep. Right. Because yep. y- your ceiling is so low. You walk into the cage as a tough opponent. It's probably in a close fight, but in your head, you're thinking, I'm going to destroy this guy. I'm a motherfucker. He hasn't prepared like me. Um, and you, you go off like that, then you're willing to go to war and fight for it. And then you win the split decision and it was super close, but it's a win. You know, it's like that, that was what, what caught me up, uh, when I went into my collegiate career is like in high school, you always had this expectation. I'm going to mop the floor with everybody. Right. Yeah. I got to college and I had the same mindset, like I'm going to mop the floor with these guys. And then it just wasn't happening. Right. The level of competition went through the roof or exponentially better. So it was like, it wasn't happening. That really fucked with my head. It's like, what's wrong with me that I can't mop the floor with these guys anymore. Cause I know that's the expectation. I didn't have the maturity to see the, the level of competition and the growth that was actually happening. But it's a, it's a necessity to have that mindset of, I want to dominate because then you'll progress without sure. that type of mindset. You're going to, like you said, stagnate. You're going to be happy with what you got. And, and there's, again, I struggle with this because I, in a competitive sense, it's a hundred percent necessary. I love it. But in a personal sense, there's, a level of contentment and there's a level of like being satisfied with yourself that's necessary to be happy quote unquote so yeah some 100%. of the best athletes i think have a balance of that well some of the most again it sounds shitty to say some of the most driven individuals just aren't fucking happy yeah like i point blank and and i love my life i i think i have a great life i'm not happy all the time because i know i have a lot more work to do i'm happy when yeah. i get to my goals I'm happy when I when when I do something big for building a fighter or or when I'm able to like when this app is going to be done. I'm going to be happy because then I get to so, work with that. So based off of that, here's here's a good question. What's the appropriate amount of like celebration basking in if it's an MMA fight? How long do you celebrate the win? How should you handle that versus watching your film and starting to rebuild or get better off of that? I think it's it's different for every individual, but my my standardized, I guess idea would be about seven to 10 days. Okay. Um, and, and being, so you're going to get at least a week because I think your body needs to recover from the shit that you just put it straight up, put okay. it through. Um, but there's no reason why you can't start watching film. There's no reason why you can't start doing mental reps, but your body needs a break. So you need to give it that break. Um, 100%. As far as for the mental standpoint, that's why I think it depends, though, because some athletes need to be on and off like you like you were talking about with one of your guys. When he's out of camp, he wants to hunt. He wants to fish. He wants to do things that make him happy. That's what makes him a better fighter. Now, I have I have some athletes that they just love the sport. Like uh, one of my guys was saying, he's like, some people dread going to sparring. It's my favorite day of the week. Oh, 100%. he's like that. That's I don't want to be anywhere else than sparring and hopefully doing some cage rounds. He's like, I'm always, he, I, he's always the guy that steps up and does the cage rounds just because, because he fucking loves it. Yeah. So that type of guy, he's happier when he's with the team. So while he needs to take a break of high intensity in between different bouts, guess what? 
he should go in, be around the team, go to practice, drill a little bit, maybe do like Alex was saying, do a little jujitsu and focus on like a little bit lower intensity exercise, but you can just jump right back in as far as for your mental well-being to be a part of that team and to be a part of that environment again. Yeah, the the mentality piece moves so much faster than the physical piece. And I think that's, that's uh, again, part of our, uh, what's the word, the paradox as humans is like physical takes a relatively long time. Mental, mentality and mentally, your thoughts fly by quick, 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 right? So it's like mm-hmm. you can enjoy it and tailor it to the individual, like enjoy it for however long you need. But I feel like once athletes enjoy it too long, it becomes a poison and a negative and this and that. So I like what you said. I standardize a week for my guys, like a week, either off completely or super low intensity, let your body recover. Um, But I think mentally you can get back a little faster. Um, And this is kind of unrelated, but I had a question back when we were talking about winning versus dominant winning. What do you think is more important in a a mentality aspect or a confidence aspect? aspect the love of winning or the hate for losing that's a loaded one yeah um i would actually so i'd go with i'm gonna separate it out in order to be good (laughs) in order and it's kind of how i see a lot of things it's the same exact paradigm there's a different thing you need to be good versus be great yeah in order to be good you need to have a fear of losing point blank You, you, you that that is the lowest barrier of entry in order to be good because you have to have a distaste for losing that's going to propel you to get better yeah I think in order to be a champion or to be great, to get to the level that point blank, I just, I didn't get to, you need to have that internal drive to dominate. You have to, I want to, I, you need to want to win more than the person in front of you, not just want to, or not want to lose more than the person in front of you. Cause that's the only way you're going to snatch up that, that win against yeah. another savage that's in the top five in the division. That's yeah. you, you need to want it more, not you need to not want to lose more. And that that's that's a lot of negatives. But for the most part, that, that's what I keep seeing is like, I've said it on here before, and I, and I don't work with them, but I've been around them a good amount. I've never seen somebody want to win in everything more than Henry Cejudo. Like when you see it in his eyes, the motherfucker's got shark eyes. Like it's just yeah. different than other humans I've looked at. That man wants to win every single thing. That's that's what drives him forward. Versus he's not and he's not afraid to lose. He's willing to take risks. And that's the difference between elite and just getting into the UFC is that that drive to to win every right. And I go back to even when we talk about like uh, again, this is kind of a unfounded correlation, but I think about positive versus negative feedback. Yep. Right. In our cueing as coaches, right? Research has proven we know that positive cueing it beholds a lot more benefits, right? Mm-hmm. Positive feedback. And so that want, the, the, the love for winning, the want to dominate the internal drive, I think is going to spur a lot more success than the constant dwelling on the hate for losing, like, which is again, two negatives in a row. I hate one negative losing second negative. So if I'm constantly thinking about, I hate losing, I hate losing, I hate losing, I hate losing. I'm thinking about hating and I'm hating. I'm thinking about losing. So if I think about loving winning or, uh, not very many people think about love winning, right? But a lot of people think about dominating. A lot of people think about, I want to feel good. I want to win the round. I want to do this. So it's like on your mind is win, 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 dominate, 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 dominate. That's going to be get you more results than the the negative stigma or the negative mindset that hating losing. And don't get me wrong. I fucking hate losing. I don't like to lose. Right. But I think that's something you have to address when you're there. 
I don't think that's something you you constantly address throughout your whole camp, right? Right. So, well, what, it, puts yeah, the, it puts fear. It it makes you more yeah. afraid to step into the cage. Like those are the guys that I was talking about earlier, where they walk up to the cage and you can almost see it in their eyes that not that they're afraid to be there, but something's not right. Yeah. Right. Well, it, they have holes. There's, there's regret. There's, I yeah. didn't do this preparation. I didn't, I didn't focus on blah, blah, blah. Like again, going back to our super initial point of preparation, be getting you confidence, the lack of preparation, the amount of regret and the, the insecurity of I could have done more mm-hmm. really is the, the driver of uh, a low self-esteem. Right. Yeah. So, and overtraining. A hundred percent. So that's, that's again, where you have to have a trusted individual that can give you an accurate depiction of training and what you should be doing. And then you can become supremely confident in that preparation and that game versus, yeah. oh my God, I could be doing more. I need to be working out 14 hours of my day, which is yep. negative yeah. in its own right. But it's um, cool. What's cool when you see people turn that corner, like we talked about yeah. earlier, where, where they start to actually trust the process and not just be, I guess, uh, not not as aware of what's going on or not as self-confident because yeah. like when you can convince an athlete that they can do 70% of the work and actually get a better result and they fucking actually believe it like they know you can tell that they're not just afraid to do it they believe it yeah. that's a huge thing because you know that they're very confident in their skill set that they're going to walk into that cage and fuck people up dude and confident athletes and then confident athletes at the highest level are both watching their performance, but also watching their mannerisms and demeanor outside of the cage is so fucking cool. Man, yes. like I, I love to observe just people's um, general disposition as they go through life. Like like Israel Adesanya is somebody I like to watch and all the media that he puts out. And then um, the one kind of final anecdote I want to end this on is, um, did you listen to Joe Rogan's most recent podcast with, uh, is it mm-hmm. Jay Willis? Who? The, guy, the anatomy oh. of fighter guy. What's his name? Oh, um, Will something. Exactly. Um, I listened to that podcast and, and one really cool story struck me. It was like, um, he was talking about after the Kamaru Usman Leon Edwards fight. And this guy is, is an Usman, Usman camp guy. And he's like, after the fight, we're all sitting at the house, like waiting for Kamaru to get home. And it's like, he's like, it's like funeral vibes. Like everybody's head down. Nobody's saying a word. Like we're packing up our shit. Like we're, it's a very depressed atmosphere. And he's like, he's like, I'm putting my cameras away and I'm not really keen on video and all of this because it's going to be, you know, emotional moments or insecure moments or whatever. And then he said, Kamaru walks in and Kamaru's first question, he looks at everybody and said, the fuck's wrong with y'all let's go (laughs) it's a loss get over it you know and and i thought that was such a cool mindset to have because that's somebody that he's like i was beating his ass he's like i got caught i'm gonna beat his ass Mm -hmm. in the rematch right so it's like kamaro has that supreme constant he knew he did everything right in his preparation he knew he's gonna do everything right in the next preparation he did 90 percent of his job right in the cage exactly and so it's (laughs) like but that's such a cool mindset to have from kamaro is like yeah, I lost, but that doesn't define me. I know who I am. I know I can get back there. And I'm going to win again. So why why are y'all depressed? I'm not depressed. I know what's going to happen, right? So yeah. it's like again, that just that action is more telling than uh, a lot of the other uh, performance things that he does. It's like there's a reason he's at the top and he's going to stay at the top for such a long time or go in the history books as one of the best. So for sure, I think that that mindset and that confidence even after a loss man like that's one of the hardest times to become but if you got that in you 
then uh, I think you're destined for really good things. Hey, he's got that dog in him. <laughs> he's a grinder, man. He's a wrestler. I love it. Um, so if you guys got to get in touch with us, talk about confidence or, or have any questions on the podcast, all of our info is going to be in the show notes. If you need any sort of strength and conditioning programming or a low back program, if you have a history of low back pain, that's going to help stabilize that area. We have all of that information and all those programs available at buildingafighter.com. So buildingafighter.com. Like we talked about in the, in the podcast, our app is going to be available soon. So that'll be a seamless way to get your strength and conditioning programming and your scheduling all in one complete package. This is Dr. Austin Shane. Alex Friedman. And we are out.